Let's take a look at John chapter 11 real quick. Starting with verse 19, you will know this story. Your pastor has preached this many, 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 many times. And so the story itself will not be anything new to you. But let's see if the Lord will give us a rhema word today. Starting with verse 19, chapter 11 of John says, And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She saith unto him, Yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had, when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come, and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up in a hurry and went out, followed her, saying, She goes to the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. How many knows that they were telling the truth? They were telling the truth. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. I lost my place. Where am I at? There we go. Verse 37. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should, ha- should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and, and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha the sister of him that was dead said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks. For he had been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see it the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always, but because of this people which stand by and said it, that they may believe And thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And when he was dead, and he and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with the grave clothes, and his face was bound with him with a napkin, and Jesus said unto him, Loose him and let him go. 
Lazarus was a friend of Jesus, and he had died. I'm going to put that right there. I don't want to put that there. I'll put that right there. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus, and he had died. By the time that Jesus the healer got there, Lazarus was not only dead, the arrangements were made, the eulogies were given, the sermon was preached, the funeral was over. The body in the grave and the food, the body was in the grave and the food was eaten. Everything was over when Jesus finally arrives. My friends, we usually say that it's not over until the fat lady sung, has sung, but this fat lady has already sang her last stanza. It was completely over. Oh, but when Jesus shows up, those things that are thought to be dead, the resurrection and the life comes in and they begin to rise again. Amen? Amen. He looks at the whole situation. He knows that everything's over. He looks at the whole situation. He looks at everybody crying. He looks at the situation being completely over. And his only response is, take away the stone. Now most of you have heard this piece of history. You've heard it preached many, 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 many times. And so you know that at the end of the situation, Jesus yells, Lazarus, come forth. And when the resurrection and the life calls your name, you do what only you can do, and that is jump up. You stand up. He that was dead has been raised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I want you to see something in this story. Before Jesus calls Lazarus' name, before he calls Lazarus from the dead, he said, take away the stone. And when he says, take away the stone, before he calls his name, he looks up to heaven. And he says this, Father. We kind of overlook that sometimes. The address that Jesus gives to God. Of course Jesus would address God as Father. After all, Jesus is God's only begotten Son, isn't he? Of course that's the way that he would address him. In fact, we see, if we go back to verse 27, we see that that Martha, in their conversation, Martha says, in their exchange, she says, Yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ. And then she said, The Son of God, which should come into the world. She knew. So when he addresses God as Father, it's not a big deal. Because they know that there's that relationship there. Martha says, we know that thou art the Son of God. My friends, it was a a wonderful revelation when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. Remember how he taught his disciples how to pray? Our Father. Which is a tremendous revelation because God is saying, Jesus is saying, my Father now becomes your Father. Mm. Father. This was an unusual way to address the creator of the world. We could address him, and we have addressed him. Oh, God. Some places this morning, as they have gathered together in, in, in church services this morning, they have, they have called him the creator of the heaven and the earth. Oh, God, creator of heaven and earth. 
Some people this morning has an old God, father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But father, my father, it seems to be that, it doesn't seem to be that big of a deal now because we're used to saying father. We're used to saying father as we address God because it's one of the, it's the, the prayer, it's the way that Jesus told us to introduce. But it's almost kind of like, it's almost like having a friend that you, you like their friend, you, you are their friend, and they call their, their older people grandparents, and so you go up there and you call them grandparents too. Or, you know, we have somebody in our life, Jim Ingersoll, that Joel, or Morgan would go up and say, Hi, Grandpa. Hi, Grandma. Well, it's nice, and it makes them feel all good, and, but the relationship's not, not there. They didn't pay for your college. I did. Know what I mean? There's not the relationship there. And so can you imagine the disciples, what the disciples thought when Jesus taught them to pray, Our Father, okay. All right, if if that's the way that he wants to be addressed, I'll address them like that, whatever. I'm sure that they went ahead and they addressed God as Father, just as Jesus taught them. But I want you to know something that On the day of the resurrection, on the day of Pentecost, when they had been calling God Father before that, something happened in their heart and in their soul and in their mind when up from the grave Jesus arose. Because no longer was it just Father in the aspect that that was a title, but the Spirit of God was in them crying out, Abba, Father. You know I'm telling you the truth because this morning you, we have gathered together this morning and you know that we don't just address God as Father because that's a title, but the Spirit of God is in you crying out, Abba, Father. Not only are you calling them Father, you're calling them Daddy. Something inside you, something changed tremendously the first time that the disciples prayed after the resurrection. And even more so after the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now when they address God as Father, something inside them feels, this is right. Where before it was kind of a disconnect. Now something is right. Let me ask you, how many of you know, you know without a shadow of a doubt that God is your Father? You know, if God is your Father, that means you are the children of God. Isn't that cool? Because God has sent forth his spirit, sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You aren't simply servants, Galatians says. You aren't simply servants of God. You are sons and daughters of the most high God, the creator of the heaven and the earth. We don't have to address God as, oh, Father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, Father of Jesus. We are the children of the Most High God. Yeah, isn't that awesome? You know this, isn't, this just isn't a title, but your spirit bears witness that this is right. And on Father's Day, before we go any farther, further, on Father's Day, let's stand a minute and give God, the, the Father of us all, the, the, the one that came into our hearts and adopted us, let's give him the highest praise. Can we all stand and just give, on this Father's Day, just worship the Father just a second.
Father, we love you, and we worship you, and we magnify you, and we glorify you, and we honor you today. Hallelujah! You have got us into your family. Hallelujah! You adopted us into your family. Isn't that great? Wonderful. Back at the tomb, Jesus says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. Isn't that an interesting, isn't that interesting that he would say it that way? Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. The reason for that was because son was talking to his dad. Before he did the miracle, he was basing that miracle upon his relationship with God. And that that relationship was based on, that relationship was a son and a father. So he looks, he goes to the tomb, tells them to roll away the stone, looks up to heaven and says, Father, I thank thee. I thank you that you hear me. And not only do you hear me, but God, Father, you always hear me. He is not worried one bit about what seems to be dead. Because he knows what he is going to do. He knows he's going to call Lazarus back from the dead. And Daddy is going to back him up. As as fathers... As daddies, how many times have we pulled our kids out of messes? Me and my dad was doing a roof on on our house. I was probably in fourth grade. And dad told me where I could step and where I couldn't step. And I'm I'm doing what I can do and stuff like that. And and all of a sudden, I, I stepped where he told me not to step. I wasn't doing it on purpose, wasn't thinking about it, but I stepped. My dad, I'm, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I, I was on the clear on the other side of the house, the width side. And my dad, I saw my dad. He was there nailing. And he was there shingling over here. And I was over here. And I stepped through. And I was on my way down. I was on my way down off of the roof. I was, I had, it was a weak spot. And I was on my way down. And I don't know what happened except all of a sudden I felt this arm come underneath my armpit that man had been watching me my father had been watching me now you women says well what in the world is a fourth grader doing up on a roof anyway dads don't think that way I can tell you (laughs) right but he had been watching me and he he grabbed it and so when Lazarus comes to the tomb he knows what he's about to do he's going to call Lazarus he's going to do he's going to He's going to call for the impossible, something which is dead to come back alive. And he knows that his daddy's going to back him up. He knows it. Listen, one of the greatest things about being a daddy isn't, my friend, getting a new belt. Although that is awfully cool. <laughs> it is really cool. I got this, I got this button from my, my son that says, Rad Dad. I was going to wear it today. It says rad. I don't know what rad means. What does rad mean? Does it mean, what does it mean? Radical? It means radical? I don't know if that's good or not. I don't know whether to thank him or to slap him. Not quite for sure, but I got this button that says, it says rad dad. 
the greatest thing about being a father isn't Father's Day. It isn't getting a new belt. Oh, like I said, that is, that is awfully cool. The, one of the greatest things about being a father is that relationship. And that relationship and, that relationship and, and, and the ability, the ability to provide, the ability to give to your children, the ability to try to make them. Sometimes in the relationship it doesn't always work because they've been bad or whatever, but it is the, the ability to take them out for ice cream. Of course, when I take Morgan out for ice cream, between you and me, it's for me, not for her. Gives me an excuse. But it is the ability to bless them, isn't it? That, that is one of the benefits of being a father. I, I, I shouldn't even admit this, but I didn't even like Christmas until I had kids. Christmas before was just a theological thing that I thank God for the birth of Jesus. But, but when, when I get to see my kids open their presents, that's something special. Is it just me or do you feel the same way? I can't explain it. It makes no sense that I enjoy giving out money. I don't always enjoy that. But I do enjoy the smile. I, 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 I enjoy the, the happiness, the joy that it brings to them. Are you right? Am I right on this? Absolutely. That is the, that is the joy of that. I love seeing my kids happy. It is interesting because when Martha sees Jesus before raising Lazarus, she told, tells him that Lazarus is dead. But then she said, but I know that even now, whatsoever you will ask God, God will give it to you. And she knew that not because he was a prophet. And it wasn't because of his reputation. She knew it because of the revelation that God was his father. And anybody that knows a father, and if they're a good father, they want to provide. They want to bless. And so she, knows, she says, I know that the relationship between you and your father are good. And whatever you ask him. My, uh, Morgan was, Morgan was uh, in a play uh, a few years ago. And uh, after the play, after the last play, we all decided to go to IHOP. And I let her hang, hang out with the cast members. And I was, I was in the... I was kind of by myself, but so I could see her. And I had my food before she had her food. And one of her, one of her friends who was starving, was hungry, looks at, looks at uh, Morgan and says, your dad has a pickle. And Morgan says, yeah, he has a pickle. And she says, I want that pickle. And Morgan says, well, go ask him for it. She says, no, you go ask him for it. Morgan says, it's okay. You can go ask him for a pickle. So here this little girl comes up to me and says, Mr. McAfee, can I have your pickle? She did it on the basis of what? Morgan, my daughter, said would happen. And so she said, can I have your pickle? I said, get away from me, brat. No, it didn't happen. (laughs) That didn't happen. What I did say was this. I said, yeah, here's my pickle. You can have my pickle. Is there anything else you want on my plate? But she came to me because of the relationship that we had. You understand what I mean? Absolutely. He did, how did she know that, how did she know, how did she have that assumption? Because she knew the relationship between Jesus and his father. Daddy God is pleased. 
to give Jesus anything that he wants and he desires. Jesus tells us over John 14, verse 13, that you and I can ask anything in his name. Anything in his name, and he would do it. And if you would, figure, and if you would follow that through, it says you can ask anything in his name, and it happens because the Father is glorified. He's pleased when you receive that which you would desire. I believe that. My point this morning is that the Father, your Heavenly Father, is glorified. It is a benefit to Him. It's a benefit to us. Hey, it's a benefit to me. But He's a good, 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 good Father. He's a good Daddy. And He loves you so much. You know, He's watching out for you so much that He knows the number of hairs that's on your head. He knows where you're at right now. He knows the the secretness of your heart and those things that you desire. And I believe with all my heart, Pastor Westbrook, that the Father is here right now. And he's saying, I am your father. And I am your daddy. And you know I'm telling you the truth because the spirit inside you that has moved you from from sin, from, from a sinner to a son, confirms to you right now that the Father is here and that He's a good Father and you're His child. And you don't have to be bound by slavery. You don't have to be, ba- you don't have to be bound by, by, by sin. You don't have to be bound by sickness. You don't have to be bound by fear. He's here. Hallelujah. He is here. Your daddy has arrived. Some of you this morning, you're up on the roof and you're just about ready to fall through. In fact, you're falling through and you don't feel anything underneath your feet anymore. Whatever the situation is, you're falling. But I want you to understand that Daddy's right here to lift you back up. Some of you this morning are sick in body. I feel it in my spirit. Some of you are sick in body, but Daddy God has your cure. Some of you are messed up in your mind. Not that you're, you're, you're mentally you're mentally imbalanced or anything, but depression has hit or, or disappointment has hit. Some of you, some of you, there's somebody here this morning that your faith is almost gone and said, I want to believe, but I don't know if I can believe anymore. And I'm trying to muster the belief. The, the Father's right here this morning. Right here this morning. Your daddy. The enemy has told some of you that your daddy has gone. He's not a deadbeat dad. Oh, you didn't hear me. He's not a deadbeat dad. He's your daddy. He doesn't pay child support. He provides. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Daddy is in the house today. There's a word that I believe that the Lord had given me for somebody here. Because someone's struggling, someone's discouraged, even faith has gone out. My friends, I do not have all the answers about what's going on, but I do know that God is a good father, and he is your father. And here's a word for somebody. It's found in Isaiah 30, 18. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. And this is the word. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are they that wait for him. 
Some of you are in the waiting period, and you feel like you've been neglected. You feel like he left. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. When the fullness of time has come, if we faint not, we shall receive. But the Lord is here right now to heal. The Lord is here right now to deliver. I know what Jesus did on Calvary. What Jesus did on Calvary this morning. Jolene, would you come up? What Jesus did on Calvary this morning. What Jesus did on Calvary. Not only did he take away my sins. But he brought me back into right relationship with God. And what that means. What that means. When I say that he brought me back into right relationship with God. What that means is not simply that he made me, that he forgave my sins so I could be a friend of God. I thank God that I'm a friend of God. But it's so much more than that. He brought me back into right relationship with God. And that right relationship is father and child through the blood of Jesus. When Jesus poured his blood out on Calvary's tree, some of it sprinkled on you and me. And we are blood-bought. We are children of the most high God. Most high God. It wasn't simply to make me a friend of God, though we are. But Galatians 4, 5 says it was to redeem us that we might receive the adoption of sons. In other words, it was to bring us back into the family of God. And if I'm part of the family of God, if I am a child of God, if I am a son of God, and you are daughters of God and sons of God, through Jesus Christ, that makes us heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So everything that Daddy has is mine. Everything that Daddy has is yours, rightfully, because he's Daddy. Just like that pickle. It was only a pickle. Just like that pickle. It was Morgan's. And Morgan essentially says, yeah, you can go take it off of his plate. She also knew I hate pickles, so that, didn't, that wasn't bad either. Some of you this morning, you're needing, you're, needing, you're needing to grab off daddy's plate healing. You're needing to grab off daddy's plate rest. Oh, rest is a big one this morning. Stability. Salvation, peace for someone, health for someone, finances for someone, wisdom for someone. I need you to understand that daddy's in the house today. On this Father's Day, we've given him honor and glory, but he wants to give you a gift. He wants you just to come up to his plate and take what you need. Amen.